Hello, I'm Chris Kreitjo, and this is the New Rust Station Podcast, a show about learning the Rust programming language. This is bonus episode 5, Better Than Open Source Contributions. First, a quick explanation on the delay of this episode. We had a family health emergency come up the kind that landed a family member in the hospital for several days. So recording this, rather obviously, took a lower priority. Podcasts are good, Rust is great, but family is far, far more important. And as you'll see in a minute, that's actually particularly fitting given the content of this particular bonus episode. Some news, though, before we jump in. One of the big highlights for me in the last couple weeks was the announcement of the open source C editor project, which aims to be a performant, extensible editor with a Rust text engine backing it, and then native interfaces in Cocoa for OS X initially, but eventually also .NET, GTK, etc. for other platforms. This is incredibly interesting to me for a variety of reasons, some of them algorithmic, like the fascinating ropes algorithm that the project is using to implement the text engine, others architectural, like the planned structure for linking the front and back ends, and of course, some simply rustic. This is exactly the kind of thing I've long had in mind to use Rust for, and in fact is very closely related to the reason I started learning Rust in the first place. I'll link the project in the show notes, and you should definitely keep an eye on it. One other thing to check out, and which I will also link in the show notes, for Rust's 1.01 year birthday, which happened May 15th last year, and May 15th this year is coming up, the Rust team launched a community survey, so you should go fill it out. Now, for today's topic. Over the last few years, I've seen the suggestion, quite regularly, that you need to be actively involved with open source software for the sake of your career. People looking at GitHub profiles and so on as a way of vetting and validating new hires. Last week, I even saw someone say flat out that he will not hire someone who doesn't do a bunch of open source work in their spare time. I have a word for this. I call it nonsense. To start with, I don't really buy the argument that it's somehow a mark of a good developer to do open source work. It might be, but it might not. I've had several jobs where open source work wouldn't have been remotely relevant for what I was doing. And for the job I have right now, which honestly is a dream in many ways, I don't have any reason to believe that the few and meager open source contributions I had made impacted the hiring decision whatsoever. And that's as it should be, because honestly, I think it would be a disaster if most companies started treating open source contributions as a major component of hiring decisions, or for that matter, any component for the vast majority of hirings. The only exception I can think of, in fact, is a job where you're being hired to work on open source, but those are pretty rare. So why does this even come up? Well, employers tend to care about open source contributions as a part of your resume for a couple reasons. One, they see it as a way to evaluate the quality of your code. As far as it goes, this is a reasonable desire, but there are lots of ways to do this which don't involve requiring open source work as part of your background. One of my favorite alternative approaches to this, an idea I picked up from the front side in EmberJS Consultancy in Austin, Texas, is for a company to hire you at their standard consulting rate for a day and just work with you directly. 
This gives you a good feel for the company. It gives the people at the company a good feel for where your skills really are and how you work with the team. And incredibly importantly, it doesn't ask you to do something for free to prove your potential value as an employee. A second reason that employers look at this is because they see it as a sign that you're the kind of employee they want to hire because they want people who do a lot of programming outside of work. This is the kind of company that I saw a few weeks ago on Twitter. And from companies like this, run away. Just run away. Basically, this attitude means two things about the company in question. One, they don't value anything about you except your interest in programming. And as I'll come back to in a minute, this is a profoundly misguided view of what makes for a healthy employee because it's a profoundly misguided view of what makes for a healthy human. Two, it drives the company toward a monoculture, and this kind of hiring attitude means that the company will miss out on a lot of other very qualified and talented people whose input and perspectives would be enormously enriching. While diversity can become a sort of totem, something people chase for its own sake, I think a wide variety of perspectives really is quite good for the work we all do. But it's more than that. Do you really want to work at, or for that matter, be the kind of company that turns down a programmer just because she's a mom who thinks spending time helping her kids with their homework in the evening is more valuable than doing open source software? Or because he's a son whose parents are ill and he takes care of them in the evenings? Or because she's spending nights and evenings investing in community theater? Or, you know, any number of other legitimate, healthy, human reasons people have to do something besides code in their spare time? Look, don't get me wrong. I like doing software work for fun. I make a podcast about a programming language. I like this. But demanding that everyone fit that mold is incredibly short-sighted. It will make you build a pretty terrible company culture filled with people who are basically just clones of you, and it inherently devalues everything else. At the end of the day, you don't want to work for a company that's incapable of seeing things besides software as valuable. If you must do open source is one of their prerequisites, apply for other software jobs. There are more than enough to go around. But let's take this one step further. Sometimes companies do say what they should say. We want you to have other hobbies. But even the we want you to have other hobbies line can be a problem too. Some companies want you to have outside activities and not devote yourself wholly to the job for reasons that are still at the end of the day, just mercenary. It's increasingly well known that people are more productive on the job when they have healthy personal lives. So it's understandable that well-informed companies are starting to value people having healthy personal lives. But while that shift is good in one way, I think that in too many cases, it still comes down to a basic commoditization of people. And in a way, it's worse than the more directly exploitative practices it replaces, because it says that families and non-work hobbies are valuable not because they're good essential parts of human existence as it is supposed to be, but merely as yet more means to the end of profit. And human beings and human relationships are not means. Human beings and human relationships are good ends in and of themselves. When we turn people's entire lives and all their loves into nothing more than another way to maximize productivity and profit, we have gotten things completely, completely backwards. Now look, of course it does make a difference. Of course it does help. People are more productive. 
But that's because people are meant for more than work. We're not meant for less. Work is a good thing. Programming is a good thing. Creating things and putting them into the world is a good thing. But programming, creating and putting things into the world, work, is not everything, and we should never, ever make everything about them. Again, don't mistake me. I'm grateful that my employer is quite serious about people taking care of their families and about leaving work at work. And if you're running a business or managing a product team, you probably will find that people do give you better work when you encourage them to do things besides just programming. But don't, because of that, make the mistake of reducing people and their relationships and their hobbies to more levers for profit. Don't. By the same token, if you're an employee, don't make the mistake of letting someone demand that you make your life about the job. Not directly, by demanding all of your time or by demanding that you spend your free time on open source, but also not indirectly, by only valuing your personal life as a means to profit. Be okay with, and in fact, be more than okay with, interrogating the way companies think as well as what they do. Because it matters. It really matters. It matters in the kinds of culture we build. And the best kinds of companies want you to spend time with your family and have things you're passionate about outside of work, not just because it's good business, but because it's good. Simply good. In some ways, as much as I love talking about Rust, and as happy as I'll be to hop back into that next time, I think it's worth stopping to say things like this. So thanks for listening, and if you found this bonus episode helpful, please do share it with friends or colleagues, because I think this is an important thing for us to hear. Thanks to Chris Palmer, Hamza Sheikh, Daniel Collin, and Vesa Kailavirta for sponsoring the show this month. You can see a full list of sponsors in the show notes. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, you can set up recurring contributions at patreon.com slash neurastation, or give a one-off at Venmo, Dwala, Cash.me, or Flatter. And of course, you can always just get in touch with me directly. You can find show notes for this episode at neurastation.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at neurastation, or follow me there at Chris Kreitshow. You can always help others find the show by rating and reviewing it on iTunes, recommending it in another podcast app directory, tweeting about it, or just telling a friend. Please do respond, say hello on social media, in the thread for the episode on the Rust user forum at users.rustlang.org, or shoot me an email at hello at neurostation.com. Until next time, happy whatever it is you do in your free time, including, but most certainly not limited to, coding.